0: When it comes to passing down our faith from one generation to the next, how do we go about doing that? Are students committed to the church as much as the previous generation? Does church commitment mean a faith commitment in a student's life? Today, we discuss the importance of connecting students to church and youth group and how that can impact their faith later on in life.
1: I'm Jeff Eckert.
0: I'm Jason Brewer. And this is the Thought Factory. The Thought Factory podcast is brought to you by Never the Same, cultivating students through biblical discipleship and spiritual disciplines using theology, community, and technology. Learn more at neverthesame.org. All
1: right, we've been talking about students and their commitment. The last episode, Jason, we talked about how students are committed to church, to our youth group to their faith. Now we're going to talk about that next step, which how do we get that commitment to stick when they're done with us out of their student ministry years? It's an important thing to think about.
0: I think it's very important because we can have students involved in our youth group all the time, very regularly, committed every single week. They are showing up on Sunday mornings to the, the overall large church and their faith may be completely void of any strength and any commitment to to Christ and so how do we take that commitment where we have a captive audience they're showing up so they're showing interest in making sure that that faith is lasting as well they're committed throughout not just their middle school and high school years but also the years beyond that
1: we're glad that you're with us to discuss this important topic today and uh, if you haven't go back to the last episode which is a companion episode with this one before that, we talked about um, the Sabbath, which was a, a subject and topic that that we've been personally talking about a little bit on the air, a lot offline off this podcast, just as friends for quite a while for the last couple of years. It's an important issue. Those were a couple really strong power episodes. This has been an awesome season, and um, we can't wait for that. And then the next couple of episodes we've got coming up are about students in the Bible. What what's the culture right now? In the youth ministry world, and also with students themselves, we're going to be hearing some direct reporting from what students are saying about that. So, again, all this information we we draw from research that's um, we're asking students directly about all these topics that that we love and care about together as youth workers. You can download that for free if you go to neverthesame.org/slash/trend-report. You can get that research; it's there for you for free. There's also video content on there as well that can help you. And if you're a, if you're a, a youth ministry person, you're listening to this, and you, you might meet on a regular basis with your volunteer or your youth ministry staff team, whatever you might call that, if you meet on a regular basis, there's actually video content that's supplemental to this research. And so for each topic that we talk to students about, we break it down even a little bit further in video form that you can use with your adults that's there that you can use and download that's for free. So that's also at that website, neverthesame.org trend report. Okay, one more thing, Claim Your Campus 2020. That's coming up next summer. This is an event you do not want to miss. This will be a once-in-a-lifetime moment that is going to happen July 4th weekend in Kansas in 2020, and it will be what we call a moment to mobilize a movement. It's a moment where we're gathering this generation together, and then we're going to mobilize them to go and to reach their schools, and that will become a movement. And that movement, the goal is a student-led prayer group at every middle and high school in America. I want you to imagine what that could look like, because we're hearing the stories, Jason, of, of schools that are being transformed as even a small group of students are meaning to pray. I mean I'm not even talking about like some some groups are huge, but what we're seeing is even when a handful of students pray, it's making such a difference. They're using the campus prayer app. We're partnered with See at the Poll. Go on the App Store and download that app. It's called Campus Prayer. If you search Claim Your Campus or Campus Prayer, even if you search See at the Poll. But the app's called Campus Prayer. Get that app. It'll show you what students are praying for. Get it, get it, um, Introduce to students that you know, because as students are meeting once a week to pray, it's transforming schools. This event next summer is going to show students how prayer can just rock their campus. So we're going to help students learn how to pray and why it's important at their school. We're going to show them how to verbally share their faith, and then we're going to help them know ways that they can tangibly serve and show Jesus at their school. We break it down in three simple words, prayer, share, and care. That's what they're going to learn at this event. It's outside. It's an outdoor. It'll be like a music festival. There's all kinds of activities. There's bands. There's big stages, screens, all that good stuff that goes along with an outdoor festival. There's a lake. There's a swimming pool. There's water slide. There's a lot of cool stuff happening there. It's July 4th weekend, and it's it's one of the most um, cost-effective trips that you could do. It's $49 for a student. That's it, $49 bucks for all that in the whole weekend. So something that you want to get students to and help them understand what this event can do to really engage them in in seeing God move at their school. That's our goal is we want every school to be touched as a result of this event. So that's happening. So, Jason, the website is? ClaimYourCampus2020.com. ClaimYourCampus2020.com.
0: If you want to learn more about Claim Your Campus 2020, you just have to type that into the search bar and it will show up once you hit enter.
1: <laughs> Thanks for walking us through that. Yeah. And if you go to We f- have a range of,
0: <laughs> yeah, of listeners <laughs> listeners, so I just wanted to make sure yeah. it was clear on those who weren't completely aware.
1: And if you go to facebook.com and you type in the search bar within Facebook, this is going to get confusing. Claim your campus.
0: It'll become your status. And Ooh. you don't want that to be your status.
1: That's true. You need to do it in the search bar. You gotta
0: make sure you're in the search bar. Not in the not your
1: status. What are you bar. up to or whatever? I don't <laughs> even know what it says. But, it probably doesn't say status um, anymore. So if you if you go on Facebook, there's up to the up to the day um, information on there as well. Videos we're releasing content information. Also there's a live stream that we do on Facebook on the Claim Your Campus page every Tuesday night at nine PM Eastern. That's myself, a couple friends of Monte and Nicole. We um we talk about uh, what's happening and that what we can do, how we can pray for the event. What are the latest things that are happening? We have guest artists and guest ministry leaders on there uh, quite often. So join us, nine o'clock Eastern every Tuesday night on the Facebook page. We're live there and uh, hear about what's happening. So all that. All right, let's talk about students and their faith commitment um, because our our goal here is to talk about what can we do long term. Jason, how do we keep students connected long term not just during their youth group years but after that and you've you've got some things here to help us in that way and I just want to go through the list and hear what you have to say so the first one um, for helping us get students more connected both now uh, during middle school and high school um, and then in a few minutes we're going to talk about what we can do later post high school but what we can do now is number one you talk about devote ourselves wholeheartedly it comes down to
0: who are we as those who are following Christ and the faith that we have in him and how we live and so I just started making a list of some of the things that are important and you said devote wholeheartedly and so it's it's living with a devotion that's wholeheartedly God wants our whole heart and when he has our whole heart he has the rest and it comes down to the heart and so we can say you know mind and and spirit and body and all uh, I, I believe it's the heart and That's the most important, that he looks at the heart. And if that is wholly devoted to him, then that will also be reflected into the students that we lead because they will see our devotion and see that it's true. It's passionate and it's not just uh, an add on, but it's it's how you live and how you make decisions and the behaviors that you you live out. And so that is is crucial when we are leading students to to live with a devotion that's wholehearted To God.
1: The next one was avoid inconsistency. What do you mean by that? I say avoid
0: inconsistency because hypocrisy is a big thing and students can sniff it out. They know when you are not true and when you say one thing, but live another way. And if there's an inconsistency with what you're saying and how you live and what you believe, you may say you believe this, but your actions look differently. It may look differently online. It may be something that they are just great observers of your life and we need to we are responsible to avoid those inconsistencies you may think no one's looking or no one's going to notice this or i am by myself well if your faith is inconsistent it's going to bleed over into the students that you lead and even the children that you are raising because they look at and go it doesn't really mean anything to you if it's inconsistent with what you're saying and how you're living so i i just write avoid inconsistency.
1: And I think what's important there for us as youth workers with consistency is community. I think the more isolated we are, the more vulnerable. And we all know that, but but I think sometimes we just strive to to find parts of our lives we can find temptation in saying, I just want this to be private. It might not even be a bad thing. It's just like I don't want everybody to know my business all the time. But But I think part of consistency is vulnerable community where you invite people into to the weak parts of your life. So I love that one, Jason. So then you have impress practically. Impress
0: practically is is impressing on their lives how faith lives out in a practical sense. How does it actually apply to the situations that they may find themselves in, the, the circumstances at school, in their home, as they are interacting with friends, going online? How does my faith practically lived out and so are we impressing on them some of those tangible handles that we can give them to be able to be in a situation go by relying on your faith this way this is how you can practically live it out and maybe avoid a hardship or a mistake or full devotion and this is how you practically can live with a wholehearted devotion to God and we're impressing these uh, practical ways to to live out the faith.
1: We talked about this a couple episodes ago in the Sabbath one, but one of the practical ways that we need to live out and to share is you need to be consistently in a community of believers. I think we live more and more in a society where culturally a lot of churches and believers go, that church is kind of optional. My, my faith community is kind of optional. If I'm in town, if I don't have anything else going on, if I'm not tired, if, if, if. So I think practically, I think that's one of the, number one things we should be helping students understand. And it's not like a, you know, we talked about legalism. Legalism can be a good thing. I know it sounds right. weird. We don't hear that a lot. We only hear legalism in negative terms. But if we're saying be legalistic about being here, it's, it's that important. I think that's one practical thing that we can do. Now you talk about teach factually. That's kind of self-explanatory, but talk about that. Teaching
0: factually is more of, is saying the Bible is real. It is based on facts. And are we teaching that or is it all hypothetical? If we are just saying it's you believe whatever you want to believe and yeah, it's it's true for them, but not true for me. And it's not based on facts. And the fact is that Jesus died. He came to this earth. He he died for our sins and he rose again. And we base our faith on that fact. Then we also need to teach that to our students as well, our children and, and to say, there, is, there are some things about our faith that are based on fact. And there's a, a, a quote that somebody said that faith is not a way of knowing something. It's how you respond to what you know. And so our faith in Jesus is not based on just hypothetical. It's based on what we know. And that's fact. And And so are we teaching our students that we are confident in what the Bible says and we are confident in... The archaeological findings of the ruins of the Bible, you know, the things and aspects of the Bible. And so we can be naive about it and say, that may not be true. But when you start looking at it and looking at the facts, you go, I can't help but believe in this because it is true.
1: We live in the information age. We also live. Students live in the conspiracy theory age, right? In the skeptic age, yeah. Yeah, and so that's bred this natural skepticism, and I felt for a long time that that we need to be on the forefront of facts when it comes to our faith, because there's enough information out there to give us a great, solid foundation. We may, we're not going to have the answer to every question. We're going to have plenty to know that this faith is worth its weight because of the facts that stand behind. I think the number one resource... To help you in that area, and we had him on as a guest a couple seasons ago, Jay Warner Wallace, Cold Case Christianity. It's a book, but it's a great app. I would encourage you to go to your app store right now and just type in Cold Case Christianity. He updates that app almost every day with articles, videos. There's so much content on there about, about facts. And so if you're talking about teaching factually, to me that's the number one resource out there, I think, He's for all of It's a solid us. resource so and then live personally what's that mean
0: live personally is we have a personal testimony we we can tell the students how the faith affects us personally how we are going through hardships or how we have dealt with circumstances and situations in the past and and be transparent to be real to be personal and that it's not just all hey this is what i've read This is encouraging to me, but this is how it's gotten me through this situation. This is how, when I was your age, this is what I've dealt with. These are the mistakes that I've made. And so it's, it's living with a testimony that you're willing to share with your students or your children to say, I'm not perfect, or I don't have it all together. And if we try to be that way, they're going to see past it and see that it's not a real personal faith.
1: So those are some great ways that we can stay with students and their connection right now during middle school and high school. Middle school is is so important. I've said for years, I think middle school is the most important ministry and target age within our congregations and within the church and within society. We've got to be reaching these students in middle school. I think decades ago it was we got to reach young adults in college age, and then it became high school. And I think in the last 10 years, especially, it's really shifted to where middle school is super important. And so connecting with them there is important. We've also, are, we're dealing with shared custody uh, environment right now. I mean, in our in our society and in the landscape of ministry, that has an effect on how we're connecting with students as well.
0: Absolutely. Uh, we've looked at the numbers. We've talked about the stats of the church commitment and how students aren't Maybe attending every week and we see that in our own ministries you may see that in your ministries where a student will show up one week and then gone another week and then back another week and yeah we're dealing with with a shared custody the situation of the parents are are split and so their their children's time is split between one house over the other and one parent may be close to the church and send their student to the church and the other parent may not be Or have no connection or no affiliation or any desire to send their child to the church so they keep them home and so you see that that shared custody and that battle of of just trying to keep them connected to the ministry
1: the last thing here before the break and this is really important is student ownership students support what students build what they create and I've said it before, I believe, on this podcast. I say it all the time. I can walk into a youth ministry in five seconds. I can tell you if it's led and owned by students or not. And here's how I know. Number one way is, is there excitement? If there's excitement in that room, I can't think of an example where there's been an excitement and a buzz where it's been led by adults, where adults are doing everything. They're planning everything. They're up front. It's you know, they're leading the music, they're doing all the teaching all the time, and students are just there consuming. When we turn over the keys to students, that's when things really change. And and I'll give you a practical example of my own life. Our oldest daughter got an opportunity to not just play in the worship band, but lead in middle school. And I've looked back to that and really marveled at it. And I think it was genius. I think it's easy. And I was a, a former worship leader. I remember when a student came up to me once, and I would lead regularly in our youth group. This is years ago. And he said, Are you going to let us lead? And that question, you know, it was very direct. And he was a pretty bold kid. And I said, You know what? It's time for me to kind of retire. And that's when I did. I retired when a student said, You know, basically, in so many words, we want to lead more. And I'm grateful that a youth pastor gave my daughter that opportunity because now, She leads worship around the country. You know, she released an EP on iTunes. Like, she's doing some pretty cool things with music, and it stems back to being a 6th, 7th grader that was given the opportunity to stand up there and to fail. But that's the only way to learn. So student ownership is huge. All right, we're going to talk in the next segment about what we can do to get students connected after high school. So how do we keep students connected post-high school? This is a million-dollar question in ministry. How do we do it? I think being proactive. We can't just expect it to happen. It, it needs to be something that we're preparing them for, we're talking about. I think setting aside their senior year and beginning to help them to, what I would call, pre-confront the issues that they're going to face. Jason, you went to a large public state university, and you faced a lot of crazy challenges there. And you know, how we help prepare students for those moments. I believe
0: that in my freshman year I had a an opportunity to live in the world, like the world, as the world, and be completely blended into the world, or choose to stand up for my faith and live like a Christ follower. And I there was a number of opportunities to go one way or the other and If I did not get connected with a, a campus ministry, my freshman year, I believe I would have quite possibly have rushed a fraternity, joined a fraternity, even though I didn't want to really, but that was an opportunity presented to me and my faith would have gone a different direction. But because there was somebody that was willing to invite me to a a campus ministry and I joined within my first semester of, of college, It changed the trajectory of my next four years because I was committed I had a community I was devoted I my faith grew I felt called into youth ministry after a few years by my senior year of of college I felt like I was was feeling called into youth ministry and I don't think I would have been even called into it and nor would I be sitting in this seat if if I didn't get connected uh, that freshman first, year that first year and so i think that's incredibly important whether it's a church or a a campus ministry
1: if you're a ministry there i think one of the things that you need to do is you need to take every single graduating senior and you need to assign an adult to them that can stay proactively engaged in their life that doesn't mean you have to visit them all the time every day but but i think you you know you talked about your freshman year i look at it this way i go first year first semester even first week and first day those are those are critical that first day you're there that first week that you're there assigning an adult to check in and uh, especially if they're you know moving away or going to a new environment and say how you doing man I appreciate appreciate you and I want to stay connected to you and your life and I want you to know I'm praying for you just being that consistent voice maybe sending them a card or a gift a reminder or a visit I think doing like making that assignment, letting them know. So, talking to them ahead of time, preparing it, and then walking them through. There's a resource that we want to leave you with. It's called Campus Ministry Link. Look it up online, Campus Ministry Link. And that's a resource that shows what campus ministries exist at every college in America. So, American listeners, this is for us um, Campus Ministry Leak. So it's an amazing resource. You can go on there and you can find actual people's contact for these ministries, and you can make that connection for students. So you can do email or phone introductions with your students and them. And the more you can do that ahead of time and be proactive, the better. And I think we have to be blunt with students, Jason, and say, look, when you go into a a university, it could even be a Christian university, you're going to find anything you want that exists there, any group, any belief system, it's going to be there. And if you're naive about that, especially going to a Christian higher education institution but but state school whatever you got to be prepared i think on the other end for students that are going the cc the community college route or they're going into the career track i think we can't forget them too cuz they're in a, another interesting situation they may not feel like it's a major change cuz they're at home but we got to stay engaged with them as well and i think again that one on one connection is so important for them the
0: tendency as a youth leader youth pastor is to just once they graduate they're out of your mind out of your worry you move on you move on and you have the next batch and yet are we leading them into a way that they are strong in their faith before they graduate are we instilling in them handles of the faith that they can hold on to when things are coming against them the opposition is going to be strong it was strong against me at michigan state it was incredibly strong even professors saying I don't want to hear anything about your religion and your faith. And I had to still fight against that and say, this is who I am. This is part of what I believe. And And you're going to get groups of people that will come against you. And if you don't believe and have the strength in your faith, even before graduation, that's where you find the fallout. You find the the students just give up because they don't know how to, Face the opposition, what the arguments are against our faith. And are we giving them those handles, the ability to to look at our faith and say, these are facts and this is how I'm going to argue for my faith in Jesus.
1: So two two resources we want to reiterate here. Cold Case Christianity, it's a great app, it's a great website, there's a book, there's lots of resources there. They have student-focused uh, material as well. And then Campus Ministry Link is another uh tool and resource that can help us now and connecting students in the future it's important we can't lose a generation of students because we're not proactive or not prepared and we know that students from what we learned last episode jason students are committed we just have to help surround them with more support and we can help successfully transition them from one phase of their life when they're with us more directly in middle and high school into adulthood when we're proactive and engaged
0: The Thought Factory podcast is brought to you by Never the Same, whose vision is to see new generations transformed in Christ to further the kingdom of God. Learn more at neverthesame.org.